Good evening. Let's begin with the wonderful story of love. <clears throat> Father, we're so thankful for the love and the compassion you have for us. We could look with wonder on what you've done, the grace that you've given to us, Father, the blessings we have through you and through your Son, the fact you've put in yourself in us and your spirit. You've given us so many things, Father. Help us to understand that that level of compassion and love, Father, that we have it for each other and for you. Strengthen us as we walk this life, Father. Help to keep us in the light. Help to give us the strength that when opportunities arise, we take advantage of them, Father. That we grow together in love. That those among us that are struggling, that we can help them, Father. There are those among us that are sick or have loved ones that are suffering, Father. Be with them, bring them your helping hand, 
Strengthen them. Heal them, Father. Be with us though as we go through the rest of the service, Father, to keep our focus on you and worshiping you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Before we partake of the Lord's Supper, sing Lead Me to Calvary. <clears throat> time, let, up, let us put our hearts and mind on our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. When I think about Jesus living amongst us, showing us the way, showing us who God is, I think about him as far as showing love towards us but also showing us how to love God and how to trust God. And I'm really appreciative of that for the church. Not long ago, I was blind and couldn't see anything. I was led around by my wife and astronaut was having a graduation. And they were cars coming down the main, well, a side road, War Eagle Boulevard. And as some of you know where I live, I'm kind of pretty much far off the beaten path. So my wife said, come on, let's walk down there. So she got me down there. And people lined the road with lawn chairs and things like that to sit and watch the cars go by. 
So she turned away, and she began talking to somebody, but I think she forgot my condition, because I kept walking. I couldn't see. I kept walking. I was walking towards the road, and she looked back and said, Honey, stop. So I stopped, and uh, she went, and she led me. You know, I thought about that, and I thought about, that's how we were. We were blind, and we didn't know which way to go. But one thing, when you hear God's voice, and you're obedient to God, you know that's who I need to listen to. Any other voice, you won't listen to. If it was anybody else, I couldn't trust it. But when you hear the voice of God, when you, when you hear his word, you can trust God. And that's what Jesus gave us. That's how good he is to us. He didn't just leave us there. He sent his son so that he can bring us home. Please pray with me. And prepare to take the bread. Father, we, we thank you for being you. We thank you for teaching us, Father, especially teaching me through my life experience how important you are. Everything that we gather in this world, it doesn't mean anything. But your son, he means everything. He is what everybody should be seeking, to put on Christ be obedient to him for remission of sin, being baptized in him, and he will give us that gift of the Holy Spirit. Thank you for it. Father, we take this bread to represent his body. Thank you for that. We pray this prayer in the name of your son, Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. At this time, prepare to take the fruit of the vine. Father, you are always there for us. Thank you for Jesus. And Jesus, you was looking out for us by giving us the Holy Spirit. That spiritual side is, is, is where we're at right now. Father, we pray that just like your son Jesus, we can express the gospel to the world so they can see there's only hope and trust and love and kindness in your son Jesus Christ. Walk with him. That's where we need to be. We need to walk with Jesus and be humble. Take us there, Father, the fruit of the vine that represent the new covenant that you have with us. We thank you for that. We ask you to bless that fruit of the vine. We pray this prayer in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. At this time, the elders set aside this part of our service to 
take up a contribution because that's how we express our love for the church and love for him. Please go with me in prayer. Father, this is an extension of our evangelistic effort in this area. Father, we ask that individually we live the way you want us to live. And Father, you bless our lives and we bless others' lives through the contribution. Father, we, we humble ourselves in serving people in all ways mission field. Brothers and sisters who's in need, we help them. People that's outside of the church, in the community, we try to help them, Father. We ask that you continue to bless this church and bless us individually where we can do your will. We pray this prayer in the name of your Son, Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. If you want to mark your songbooks, the invitation song will be 924. Now before Mike brings our lesson, let's stand and sing 543, Wonderful Words of Life. Our songbook has index in the back. You can, you can look up topics. You can look up uh, the song writers. You can look up scriptures and find a song you know by that index it's amazing there really aren't many songs about forgiveness there's songs certainly about forgiveness of God's forgiving us but there aren't many hymns that even mention forgiving one another and of course that's the topic tonight um, so I try to as, as I'm looking for songs that have to do with the with the topic I kind of have to read between the lines in some of these and see how, how important it is for us to, to translate what God has done for us into forgiving each other. Wonderful words of life. <clears throat> Sing the first and last stanza. Wonderful words, wonderful words. Oh. 
In this broad series, we've looked at some scriptures that have become really important. But tonight, this is, this is the final thing, and it's vital that we get it right. I stole this from, uh, from Chuck Swindle, who's a preacher. He's written several books. The scene is a wedding, probably in a building like this one. And the groom's up front, and he's got two men with him, and all the girls who go with the bride, I don't know why she gets more than the groom does, but they do. And they close the doors in the back, and they start playing, Here Comes the Bride. But as soon as they open the doors, there's a, a hushed, and people are trying to catch their breath. The bride has got a black eye. And her nose is bleeding. Her hair's all messed up, and the dress that she has that's supposed to be pure white is got mud stains on it. And everybody's trying to figure out what happens, and finally, one person says, don't worry about it. Christ's bride, the church, has been fighting again. It's so important that we get this right, and yet I haven't heard many people that, that try to stress it. So let's do a quick review. It's been two weeks, and after we do the quick review, we'll get into six principles that are vital to make this work. You have heard it said to the people long ago, do not murder. Anyone who murders will be, in, will be subject to judgment. But this I tell you, that anyone who is angry with his brother will be subject to judgment. And anyone who says to their brother, Raka, uh, some of the modern translations, instead of using Raka, use, you fool is answerable to the Sanhedrin. But anyone who says, you fool, will be in danger of the fire of hell. Therefore, if you're offering your gift at the altar and you remember your brother has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar and first go and be reconciled to your brother. Then come and offer your gift. Now, the trick of understanding this is understanding the idea of worship in the Jewish religion. In the Jewish religion, the sacrifice came first. In other words, this guy's getting ready to worship, and he remembers that his brother has something against him. And Jesus says, put it all on hold. Just hold it right there. Don't go any further until you go and you are reconciled 
with your brother and then you can come and worship. But not until. It is that important in Jesus' framework. Then this one is our main verse. If your brother sins against you, go and show him his fault. Just between the two of you. If he listens to you, you have won your brother over. It's supposed to start one-on-one, just you and him. But if he doesn't listen, you take one or two others along, so that in every manner, so that every matter may be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. If he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if he refuses to listen even to the church, treat him as you would a pagan or a tax collector. You probably can't relate to the pagan, but most of us can relate to the tax collector. Not a popular fella. Not the kind of guy we want to come and audit at our house. I tell you the truth, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loose in heaven. Again, I tell you, if two of you on earth agree about anything you ask for, it will be done for you by my Father. For where two or three come together in my name, There I am among them. This takes a little explanation. Because verse 20 has been used. It has been used to say, if you have two people together, God's there. God is with me if I have somebody there or not. He doesn't leave me. He stays with me. So what is happening is, if you can get this guy who is not, your friend, to become your friend, if you can work out the differences with him, you can be sure God is pleased that that happened. The problem when people pull this one out is they forget that the Bible didn't originally have chapters and verses. That's not the way it was written. They weren't entered for almost four centuries. So what you do is you look at the context. You read a little bit before, You read a little bit after. That which comes a little bit before is the parable of the lost sheep. Guy leaves 99 sheep to go find out the wandering one that is lost, and you bring him back. What is written after is the parable of the unforgiving servant. See, you can get the whole thesis of what Matthew 18 is talking about. He's emphasizing forgiving your brother. Then last time we were together, we looked at Colossians. Since you've been raised with Christ to set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things, for you died. And your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, 
Sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived, but now you must get rid of all such things as these. Anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them together in perfect unity. So we see it is a, a command. We see it's important to God. How do you do it? The first thing that is very important is you must want to forgive. Well, doesn't everybody want to work things out between them? No. There are those who think they want this thing to go their way. But the Bible says you forgive each other whatever grievances you have one another just as the Lord forgave you. Our society teaches you should have what you want. You should do whatever it takes. Because of that, we have people that, well, they lose it. The reason I put this particular slide in is when I first came here, that's mucho years ago, I had a husband and wife that came for marriage counseling. He told her as he was coming in my office, standing outside my office door, what she was to say and what she was not to say. And if they, she said something that he told her not to say, he would blow up. He was doing a pretty good job outside. I could hear through the door. I knew what was coming. Why would he do that? He wanted his way. And you're coming to a counselor who might say, you need to change some things too. He didn't want to. Most of you know I went in November for my, a surprise party on my mother's 90th birthday. Now, I was doing very good on the road to the airport. I went all the way over to the right because I, I keep the speed limit. Four horns, six flashlights, three unfriendly waves, all giving to me. Why? I was going the speed limit. They didn't want to go to the speed limit. They, they were off to work. The problem wasn't me that they were mad at. I'm going the speed limit. The problem is they didn't leave early enough to get there. 
That's their problem. But they would rather do things to abuse the guy who is in the front than to say, I need to change things a little bit. Maybe get up a little bit earlier. Have breakfast a little bit earlier. In our second lesson, we looked at being angry. And I can't say this loud enough. Those who get angry to try to satisfy and get what they want, the truth of that is, they do more damage to themselves than anybody else. Anger tears up the container it's in. When a person gets angry, a bunch of different brain chemicals release. Those brain chemicals cause various chemicals in your body to release. That's why people who have anger issues and a heart condition, the doctor will do everything in his power to get him to calm down. That's why if they have the bad habit of getting angry to get their way, you try to straighten them out saying, there's a better way of doing it than this. So first, you've got to want forgiveness on the basis of it's the right thing to do. Two, remember what the Bible says about loving each other and reconciling with those that you have a problem with. Now, I'm big on using expensive examples. If you have a hard time going to somebody you know, you've had differences, get yourself a card. This is a rule one, it's rule on this side, it's not rule on this side, it's just a, an index card. Write the name of the person and post it where you're gonna see it every day. Post it enough that you get very tired of seeing the name and knowing that you can go to that person and solve the relationship that you have, that's important. Because the last thing a lot of people want to do is coming into a relation and giving give and take so that they can have a relationship with somebody. Third, put yourself in the other person's shoes. This happened in Pittsburgh. So it's a long, long time ago. We had a new convert. She had never been a Christian. She drove from downtown Pittsburgh to our building because she had heard me preach on the radio. She eventually became a Christian and she started into a, a ladies group. And she would say things that were utterly ridiculous. She would. She thought that the devil was around and that he was causing her to, to feel bad feelings towards others. And she completely did, wasn't responsible. But she was a new Christian. That's what she heard growing up. And instead of understanding, people ostracized her. They made sure that she wasn't going to be in their group. She wasn't going to learn from them. 
And we had a fallout simply because they wouldn't give a person time to learn. Second, they may be dealing with a difficult situation that you're not aware of. She had a husband that when she brought him, I understood fully why she was where she was and why she was trying to get a better life. But that came way down after a lot of harm had been done and a lot of people started avoiding her. Fourth, remember how much God has forgiven you. And I mean go back to your childhood and start listing them. You'll be amazed. Even the best Christians are amazed when they start listing how many sins they've got. I used to have them sit down and, and put their sins down on the paper, and I quit that when they asked me to do the same thing. Five, this is important. Once you have worked something out with the other brother, you never bring it up again. It's gone. It's like it never existed. What you're trying to do is work it out with a brother so there's nothing between you. There's nothing that is not what God wants, and he wants us loving each other, not fighting each other. So once you've worked it out, it's history. You don't go back and relive it. You don't use it as a wedge. You make believe that it never happened. And last, oh, forgot this was in here. It keeps no record of wrongs. I got into the Greek just that much for this sermon. Literally, what that keeps no record of wrongs means, I like it better as, as the Greek word, it means you let it go. And it floats away. So once you've given it up, once you've worked out the differences, you let it go. So it'll never come up again. Last, if you have trouble forgiving someone, try praying for that person and thank God that he or she is part of your life. I'm going to let you in on a secret. Sue and I have been married 51 and a half years. And over 51 and a half years, we've had differences. If we didn't forgive them and let it go and pray for each other, it would have been a lot harder. But that's what we do. We look at it, we talk about it, we pray about it, we let it go. And that's how you keep a church from fighting. You get the idea that I have to be right out of the way. And what is right is a brother loving a brother and a sister loving a sister and we become family. Tonight, 
Maybe you have a brother or sister that you are distant from. Concentrate on how much Christ has forgiven you. And you'll find it a necessity to work it out with them. If you don't know how much Christ has forgiven you, you can repent of your sins, be baptized for the remission of those sins tonight. We're ready. But if you've once done that, make getting along, forgiving each other, doing what Christ asked us to do, a priority, because that is church. We are family. If there's a way that we can help you tonight, won't you come? Why together we stand and why we sing. There's a lot of information in there. I'm not going to go through those. I had a couple couple updates. Um, both Ray and Marie Woodruff, they're recovering from COVID. So that's, that's good news. Um, Brenda Scott, and most of us know Brenda. Um, she's going through difficult times. But she had a, a family, Bill and Renee Monroe, and one of the churches she had gone to. 
Um, Bill's passed away from COVID. Renee is in the hospital on oxygen. They have two children, so keep Bill and the, the Monroe family and Renee and their children in your prayers as well. Uh, reminder, there's a senior adults trip uh, that they're planning on February the 3rd. If you want to go, sign up. Sign up in the, in the uh, foyer. Karen Hassebar, they're trying to get her cleared up with an infection before they replace her knee. Um, kind of suspicious it may be something like Mercer or something like that, but it's a, it's a tough infection in her knee or in her leg or somewhere in her body that are trying to get cleared up. So keep her in your prayers as well. Keep uh, Betty, uh, the Larners, in your, in your prayers uh, with the passing away of her sister. Keep uh, Gail Griffin's uh, cousin and nephew in your prayers as well, as well as uh, Mike's cousin, uh, David Dubois, or du Bois. Keep him in your prayers as well with, with cancer. They're all, all three of those are uh, suffering with cancer under my debt. Um, Tammy Maynard, Maynard uh, it's a friend of Cindy Foreman, been diagnosed with COVID, and the RAPS. I, hopefully they're doing better. I haven't gotten feedback from the RAPS, but they were all suffering with the flu. Before Mike O'Neill leads, leads our closing prayer, let's stand and sing Walking Alone at Eve. <clears throat> Father, we're just so thankful to, to be able to be here and to be able to hear thy word again. And thank you for the lesson that, that Mike has brought to us. Lord, we pray that you will help us 
to take it to heart. I pray that we will be people that forgive, people that care about others that are in our lives, that we don't want things that stand in the way of, of us and that, that we want to and pursue harmony and love and peace with others. So Lord, help bring us to that point. We know that's the example that, that Jesus gave to us and we pray that, that we will desire to have that same character trait as well. Lord, please be with us this week. Lord, this world is a, a crazy place at times and we know it's kind of upside down from, from what you want to see us as, as we lead life and how we go about it. So help us to be on the watch for things and to be able to, to be good, good stewards and help others see you, see you, see your son in how we conduct life here on this earth. For it's in his name we pray. Amen.